this episode of Full Stack Radio, me and Jack McDade talk about Statimic 3.0 and some of the interesting things we're working on for Tailwind 2.0. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 145. Today, I'm welcoming to the show Jack McDade. What's up, Adam? So, worth explaining, um, trying something a little different for the podcast for a little while here. Uh, it's been doing interviews for years and years and years, but some of my favorite podcasts are the podcasts where you kind of get to follow along with what a couple people are actually up to and working on and uh, listen to their progress sort of week to week. And I thought it'd be fun to try doing that myself instead of just doing the same old thing. I'd still like to do interviews here and there, but I got a lot of fun stuff going on that I would like to talk about and bounce ideas off of other people on. And I thought um, we'd try and change it up a little bit. So for a while here, Jack... Jackie boy, Jack McDado is going to be joining me, you know, every, every episode or two weeks, one week. I don't know how often we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of tell, tell our story as the kind of things are happening and, uh, and see, see how it goes and see what people think and see if you enjoy the, the content that we're injecting into your ears. So yeah, don't forget to like, and subscribe. So (laughs) yes, exactly. Uh, So here we are. We're going to let it roll. We're going to let it roll. We're seeing what happens. And, uh, yeah, if you like this, uh, say so. So Adam lets me stay. So, for anyone who is not familiar with Jack McDade, this is the uh, this is the Jack McDade intro that I would give. I always think it's better to introduce people on their behalf. I think uh, I learned that from someone at some point. I used to ask people on Full Stack Radio to introduce themselves all the time, and uh, yeah. I think it makes more sense for me to just introduce people. I like it. I'm sitting back. I'm in my beanbag in my closet, ready to listen exactly. to this introduction. So, Jack McDade. Jack McDade. I met Jack McDade many years ago in the in the Laravel community. Uh, maybe probably the first time we ever had a conversation was like probably like 2014, probably something like that. Jack is a full stack developer and designer and entrepreneur and writer and lover of neon and all mm. things retro. Thorough. And uh, Jack runs Statamic or Statamic, depending on which mispronunciation you feel like using on any given day no one ever remembers which one is right you think you got it right because you're trying to say the opposite of the one that you said last time but you never know for sure but i think it is statimic Mm -hmm. yep that's the i don't care what you call it as long as you use it that's my reply yep statimic (laughs) is a cms built in laravel that uses static files to store all your content so that you can do all sorts of interesting things like more easily manage multiple environments and keep important stuff in version control instead of in a database on your Bluehost account. And um, <laughs> they've been working on version three for a long time, which I think is coming to a close. And that's probably what I'm guessing you're deep in the middle of right now. So welcome back, Jack. Thank you, Adam. That was a great intro. Thanks. It's very accurate and very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> Harkening yeah, so, back to the days of 2014, we hung out somewhere. Yeah, I think uh, maybe just on this <laughs> podcast was probably the first conversation that we actually had. Yeah, um, I went. I you, pro- probably true. I think that was 2015. I talked about Photoshoot, this like Dropbox powered photo gallery site mm-hmm. app thing that that we made, and uh, was kind of like mediocre and sold it for a mediocre amount of money, and then it shut down so that was a good if that's all you know about me i've i've done some stuff since then love it <laughs> yeah i feel like you were probably on a show another time was that the only on, time on your show just the once seriously 
unless my my mm. google foo so i had you on the show to talk about something that you worked on for four weeks and then never did anything on ever again but never to talk about like the thing that you actually do put eight years into yeah, yeah no not, e- not even <laughs> i dig it i dig it <laughs> that's cool. fine that's how it goes cool man so um what do you want to talk about what have you been up to so i mean you nailed it we are working on static three uh we announced it i think i was six i was i just learned to ride a two-wheel bike and i said <laughs> version three is coming and fast forward <laughs> 31 years here i am um that's how it feels i mean yeah. we're at the at the one inch uh yard line that's not doesn't make sense uh we're at the one yard line fourth and in inches ready to i don't even watch a lot of sports why am i using sports as a metaphor we're almost done and uh yeah. er, every every monday it's like all right i think we're gonna launch on wednesday and then on wednesday oh, that like, close eh? Pro- like- probably monday yeah. yeah no we're that close we're like we are so close that maybe maybe before this episode is live we're launched um nice so you th- but i don't know what is like the current status like the today is monday three ten p.m eastern mm-hmm. time yes is this a we're launching on wednesday moment right now no 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 so on friday i thought it was this next coming wednesday and then at 4 30 I, I found a section of the site that had been completely missed by my redesign and i was mm. like no no because it was <laughs> it's not just like it's not a lipstick page it's like it's like a whole ux thing so i have yeah. to spend a couple of days to work mm. through that and um when it affects week? the ability to buy something yeah so it's probably gonna be next week probably gonna be next week early next week that seems like a good time to launch something yeah early next week sounds good i mean unless unless i like fall into a bucket of adderall or something i think the only it's just gonna take some more time yeah <laughs> cool well that's cool i hope you get it out then because that'll make for uh for some interesting podcast fodder for sure so i guess like so you got this this page that you discovered on friday what else is kind of in the uh in the tornado of launch relaunch madness so i mean there's there's a lot going into the relaunch so it's not just like a re it's not just like a version bump where you click upgrade you know like it's a we're changing the business model a little bit the pricing structure is different we're going like full open source we have a free version that you can use for whatever so, the okay heck you want what's the pricing difference mm. i'm always i always love to talk about pricing so yeah let's talk about it because it's it's too late to do anything about it we've already announced it so here it is <laughs> so what was it before never, never and, what is, and what is it now like in yeah terms so of the right model. right now as of august 10th at 3 12 p.m it is uh 199 bucks one time uh for the life of the v2 line yeah so like however long you want to use v2 that's what it costs um we have a free trial you can use it like in dev or for staging sites but to launch a site 199 that's Mm -hmm. it there's no other that's it um so with v3 we are kind of going both directions. So we are pushing the price up to 259 and we're adding an annual renewal that gives you support and updates. So that's 59 bucks a year. Uh, yep. That's per site. But we also have the free open source version for like solo, like hobby projects, personal sites. So like a lot of people that are like, oh God, I don't want to spend another 59, like even more. Well, you probably don't have to pay anything for that site. And it's gotcha. really or the, the sites that are higher of importance or have clients have like teams working on them. Like what's the difference between 199 and 259? Yep. Right. That makes sense like, to me. So 
what's the difference in the free model? So currently it's like free in development, right? So if like running on localhost, you're building the site, you don't need a license to do that. But what is right. like the heuristic now for like you have to pay the 259 if people can use it for like what does it mean to use it for quote unquote small sites or whatever? Yeah, so we have like in the code, we lock out some features. So you get one super user account. You can't have multiple users. So you don't have permissions. Mm -hmm. You don't have user groups. You don't have all that stuff. Uh, You don't have some of the more workflow team-based features like revisions and like uh, you can like have different versions of content. So you can like, you know, schedule and publish, you know, like yet this version. You've just had been selective about trying to differentiate between like kind of simple and sophisticated customers and sort of choosing like things that sophisticated people with budgets need that other people don't need. Let's put those real time collaboration. Not that useful when you only have one user account, right? So we just, Mm -hmm. we'll turn that off. Um, Also the Git integration in the control panel. So the assumption would be uh, that if you're a solo person, you're probably the developer, right? Because if you're only gonna have one person on a project, you should be able to code yep. and so you don't need the control panel git stuff um yep. so that'll also be a like a pro pro feature um, i dig it that's yeah. nice a few other have a few a, other odds and ends i'm sure you have a pretty good sense of like based on current customers like what percentage would you say of people who pay for static now are just going to end up falling into that bucket into the free bucket no into the into the paid one like how many oh. people like like, I guess how nervous are you that yeah. like people who were paying before are going to not have to pay? I'm, I'm not that nervous because I think the, the, the personal usage is like everybody might have one or two of those, right? So like your own site or your company site, maybe you just can have one person manage it or whatever. You share your super admin account, even though you shouldn't. And, you know, for all the client stuff, they're still going to want their own yeah. license. So I think... There might be a little bit of trade-off, and I think the price difference should probably pick up the slack on that. Yeah. And then it should be able to help grow our audience as more people can use it. Yeah. You know, some of the time for free. And like there's not a paywall anymore. You can I, build stuff. That sounds intuitive to me. Like basically yeah. anyone that would have fallen into the new free bucket probably was never gonna pay two hundred bucks for the individual right. license. Probably Generally, like 80, there's probably 80, a few of them. The eighty twenty rule probably applies more or less. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's cool. I always love a good pricing experiment, so that'll be interesting to follow along with and see. Yeah, I, I, hope it works. I hope it works. I like the um, renewal stuff too. I've been thinking about this like a little bit with like um, with the tail and stuff. Like everything that I've ever done has just been like a one time sale thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Same. that's fine. I think like there's. 99% of businesses in the world operate that way, right? And it, it totally sure. works. I bought but the shot. I, I don't have to pay a subscription fee for the shirt I'm wearing, right? No. Yeah. Although I'm sure that will, I'm sure that probably exists. Like it exists for underwear for sure. Like subscriptions oh, yeah. for. Was it like lots uh, of a Parks and Rec? Uh, Tom Haverford's, what's the name of his clothing rental shop? Oh, Rent a swag, right? Yeah. Rent a oh, swag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember like, that? Yeah, that's, that's a thing, right? <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah, but I've always kind of wanted to dip my toes into something that felt like uh, you weren't going to just like run out of customers someday, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's always kind of the scary thing of just like selling one time things like especially with Tailwind that depends on like new people learning about Tailwind all the time, especially because our products are not even sold like per project or anything like that. It's just like pay us Mm -hmm. some money and just use it as many times as you want for whatever you want. That's right. 
makes me a little bit nervous that one day like things will just slow down not because we've run out of people and not because like the product is any less useful or whatever probably won't yeah. actually happen probably will be fine but and some of the well, ideas there's always that we're like kids about, growing up getting into design right there's always sure. like, more people getting older and the population's yep. increasing yep. that's I mean, true and the flip side of it is there will be people who will pay one time for something that won't sign up for a subscription hundred percent. Like, oh my God. The barrier to purchasing is so much lower for yeah. one time thing. Like yeah. with a subscription, it's like, there's no impulse buying a subscription ever. Like, right. You wait until the last minute when you need it and you activate it then. Yeah. And you're like, I better not forget to cancel this. Cause I only need it for like this one thing, you know? Right. This, yeah. And like, I didn't it has to, to be a that. special type of product to really be like where the subscription stuff is like aligned. Like I pay for convert kit for my email marketing stuff and it's sending emails every month and sure there's ROI on those. So like continuing to pay that like is very straightforward, but with something like tailwind UI where it's like, Oh, yeah. I pay every month to go and, copy these components well eventually i've already copied all of them and why am i paying still you know so yeah i mean you could make it an annual deal and that you could lose access to new components that you've added to the library until you renew for Mm -hmm. the year yeah um you know that's kind of like like that's it's 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 fine i think but it also kind of feels like just forcing it to a little bit right like yeah i think i think it's maybe like i think we lean on the side of like too generous isn't the right word but like like how you would prefer to pay for it yourself maybe but yeah yeah i don't know you could make an argument that it should be there's some subscription component for sure but nevertheless what i was really trying to get at is that i think it's there's a future where like we build some stuff where there it does make more sense like where there's like ongoing maintenance costs on our end or like we're supporting a certain library and like we want to make sure that we're always our code always works with the latest version and you know whatever um but I still don't love like just a straight up subscription pay this every year thing. So I kind of like what you're doing where it feels more like, um, it's a one-time cost, but then there's mm-hmm. like a, if you want to update optionally pay, still keep to get you still get to keep using what you were using. Yeah, keep you, yeah. What you've got, you can run it forever till the end of time. Don't worry about it. But if you want to get the updates, you want to yeah. you know, ask support questions and you know, all that stuff, then you pay, it's like a pretty nominal fee. Like it's 20, was it 59? It's like basically 20% yeah. of the price again. Yeah. So you could do five years of updates before you kind of like For sure. bought it twice. I think it's good because it's like, uh, it's this like sort of middle ground model where it's like you're finding a way to charge people for like new value because like it is new value right. that's being delivered, but it's not on this like subscription sort of pay the same thing every month. It's like, the value is front loaded, so the price is front loaded. You know what I mean? Correct. It's like, yes, it's yeah, very well aligned. Kind of, I think, which I really like. Yeah, and if your site kind of gets like the the glacier treatment, where you just set it adrift, and it's, I mean, it'll keep running. It'll keep. You don't need the updates. You know, if there's a security update or something, we might even like hot fix whatever sure, yeah, monkey yeah, patch yeah. it back. But other than that, uh, just you know, do your thing. If you want, oh, dude, there's a cool new like form builder. Great, just like renew. Yep. Grab your updates. If you have any questions, like you got support with it, you're good to go. So makes I think I think it makes sense. We're not the only. It's kind of what Sketch does, right? Like Sketch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get, I thought, you like, get your price, updates for twelve months. Yeah. I th- I thought that was like a really smart move when they introduced it. They I still felt like they had a hard time 
getting people to not see it as a subscription, which seems odd to me. Like, I guess like people have a hard when, when there's like, so this kind of goes into the next thing I was going to bring up, but when there's this like time frame associated with it, people do mm-hmm. see it as like a subscription. Whereas like historically it was like you buy Photoshop seven and when Photoshop eight comes out, you pay an upgrade fee and right. that's how sketch used to be. But yeah. it, it like, it incentivizes you to like hold back features and kind of like bundle them totally. into something, which is like, yes, you wait until you hit like the two year mark and you can justify another update yeah. version, but it's you know, no like, different. You're paying for an update optionally. If yes. what's been added is worth it to you. Um, yeah. Except when you, when you don't feature like a behind version numbers, you can release the features that the community needs the most now and not yeah. worry about having to save them so that yeah. you can make your money. Yeah. It yeah. makes it's like you can do this like continuous integration of new development Feature, stuff. Yeah. It's, it makes way more sense. So anyways, what I think as an interesting conversation I had a little while back with um Ryan Florence and Michael Jackson who are the React router guys. Um mm, okay. they're working on this like remix framework which is like they're trying to make a like a commercial React application framework okay and i was talking to them about pricing we we kind of were talking about this same idea of like you buy once but then you like pay to get new versions and support and stuff like that and something that like i came up with on that call with them that i've since like really i was really excited about at the time and i still like really like the idea is i think like the thing that sketch had to fight is because it's like every year that you have to pay for an upgrade it's this like period of time that like is this recurring period that feels like a subscription even if it's not like you can see how people can mistake it for a subscription Mm -hmm. so when i was talking to them i made the suggestion of like what if when you buy your license instead of getting like a year of updates you get two years of free updates and you just kind of like break it from this like recurring cycle like two years isn't a repeating amount of time like it is but it's not it's not like monthly or annually you know what i mean it's like you get two years of updates and it still feels like one time. And then after that, you pay, you know, 99 bucks for another year of updates, whatever. I thought sure. there was something interesting about this, like two year number to me that just like felt like it immediately broke any misconception about it being a subscription, you know? I think you're right. Um, what happens when you need that money to keep development going? Uh, well you would still be getting like the upgrade pricing, but it would be pushed off for a year versus the original one. So you, you'd have to think that through, I guess, in terms of for static, maybe that would mean charging two 99 instead of two uh, 59 for the first year. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Or for the first initial purchase. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I I really like the idea of making it feel like one timey, but still getting, that like recurring stuff from the people who are still using it. So yeah, there's an interesting know, like mental shift psychology that. I thing. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say it's the, it's the best idea in the world, but I thought it was interesting and it's something it's an experiment, about. right? Like yeah. let's, let's keep track. Let, like, I know it'd be nice to like goes. a B test that somehow <laughs> and see like what the difference is. Like if you just charge, like Say for simplicity's sake, you were charging a hundred bucks for the first thing and then fifty bucks a year to upgrade. If you just charged a hundred and fifty bucks for the first two years instead of a hundred and then fifty, the mm-hmm. income would be exactly the same, except you'd actually be getting more money at the beginning, right? Because right. um so it'd actually be better for you. Yeah. And would you sell 
more or less copies, you know? Yeah, it's a good question. As long as that initial price point wasn't like over the threshold where people are willing to spend it for yeah, exactly. the value, right? That's and the that's always part. like the balance, but... Yes, tricky. Interesting. Yeah. So what I, what I guess... Um, what else is going on in like Static 3 land? Like you got kind of wrapping things up. Um, what are you kind of like most excited about for like getting it out there? Uh, just being able to say I did it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't like at this point, it's not the money. It's not like the workload. It's just like, hey, remember when I said that I would do the thing? I have done the thing. That's the part. Okay. That and the, the long, the long nights, the late nights. It's like. Yeah. I, I, you see the the finish line and you put, you're like, all right, I'm going to, all right, bring dinner. Jen, bring dinner to my office, please. And yeah. then, you know, like, I'm going to go, we're going to finish it. Tonight. And then it's like midnight and I'm like, God, I have like another week to go. Like, what was the point of burning myself out like that? So I, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to being done with that stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That'll be good, man. Nice um, to get like, like you've been, when did you first like write the, first v3 line of code you know what i mean like when did it become like an official 2018 so two years yeah. i mean man i can yeah i think the longest project that i worked on before being able to call it done was my like testing course and that was like a year and a half mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. uh oh, dude i've never felt the relief that i got from like being able to say that it's done <laughs> um oh, ever man. since you know so i can imagine like something that's taken even longer than that is yeah now yeah. we haven't worked on it uh full time the entire time but it's uh, just been actually, like an open-ended thing like it's yes. like an unclosed loop right like yeah we shelved it for six months we told people we were shelving it because there were some things that we wanted to do to v2 that people needed right away we didn't want to make them wait um but yeah like it's been a long time and there's a lot of things that are waiting to be done until it's out right like marketing efforts partnerships yeah. with people uh you know there's companies waiting for like the you know, 3.0.0 official tag before they'll push their site live. So, totally. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff just kind of clogged waiting for it to get pushed out. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's exciting. Hopefully yeah, you thank can, you. hopefully next time we chat, you can say it's out and I had the best sleep of my life and <laughs> things are awesome. God, I hope so. Yeah. I like, I legit have insomnia now and <laughs> it's been, uh probably two three months since i've slept more than three hours in a row yikes man that's yeah rough yeah and that's because of this you think just the stress of being in the final i, I think this yeah the the burden of getting it done um combined with i don't know if you noticed there's some weird stuff going on in the world right now sure yeah it's a little bit a of, little a bit of funk, that funky situation uh that adds like a low burn to mm-hmm. everything and then there's all the other stuff that I really, really want to do that I can't do until I finish this. And so like that, that urge to create like my radical design course is just like on perpetual pause until this is done. And like, I can't wait to get that thing wrapped up. So yeah, it's just like, I need to move on. Yeah. Not, not, not that I won't continually work on it. Cause like 3.0 is the starting line, not the finish line. Yeah. But you know, you can change the rhythm of it once Definitely. you're on the other side of the flight. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cool, yeah. man. Well, that's exciting stuff. I'm looking forward yeah. to uh, some news in that department soon. Yeah. 
me too. Let's talk about you. You've you've been on like a hiring frenzy. You got. I mean, every mm-hmm. time I open Twitter, which admittedly is like every other day right now, it's like, hey, we hired we like hired another guy, and he starts yeah. on yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So Tell we us are about making it. a real business now. So in uh, way back in March, after Tailwind UI came out, we realized we had way too much work to do and um, a bunch of money because people are buying our stuff and we thought hey maybe we should do that thing that companies do where they like pay other people to do some of the things so that more things can get done so we hired um (laughs) brad corns who is this amazing developer from the uk who created the tailwind vs code intellisense extension Mm -hmm. and i just kind of like knew him because of him working on that and we had talked a few times about other little experiments and when I just was like brainstorming of like, who should I talk to about working for us? He was like the first person that came to mind. And I just messaged him and he was like, yep, I'll do it. And uh, <laughs> he had like a pretty senior role at his previous company. So he, even though he accepted the offer in March, couldn't start till the middle of June because of the notice that oh, he wow. had to give. Okay. Yeah. I've been in one of those jobs. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we started hiring like way back in March, but like everything kind of like came together at like the same time period. So Brad started in June. We put out a job posting in May to hire someone else because um, originally the plan was we were going to bring on another partner and we couldn't, we just didn't, weren't able to like come to agreeable terms with everyone in terms of like what that was going to look like on paper with whatever, you know, it's just, it ends up being way more complicated than it sounds when you just start having a conversation with someone about it. So we originally planned for it to be the three partners and then we were hiring Brad and the partner thing didn't work out and we had been planning on it the whole time. So I was like, uh, I need to hire someone to fill that hole because, you know, uh, we need help that that person was going to be helping out on too. Mm-hmm. So we put out this job posting and uh, got like a crazy amount of people responding to that. Like we had like 900 applications, although admittedly only a f- maybe 200 of them were like thoughtful applications as sure. things go. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still that's a lot to go through. And during that process, um, our buddy, Simon Vracliotis who uh, also known as Simon Swiss on the Twitters. Ah, uh, yes. A Swiss dude living in Australia who uh, is like pretty famous in the, like the utility CSS world. Like he wrote a couple of really uh, foundational or a couple, I wouldn't foundational is not the right word, but a couple of really popular blog posts about like rebuilding his old company's website in 10 days while I was camping. Um, oh using, yeah. I remember yeah, that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 And, and that that's been like a good piece of ammunition for like the whole philosophy, right? Like, um, yes. and he's been super involved in that. He gave like a tailwind talk basically at Laracon AU when I was there. Um, he was like the first person to give like a tailwind talk at a conference, I think, which is pretty rad. <laughs> so he messaged us when he saw that job posting. Cause he was like, dudes, this job looks incredible, but like I'm in Australia and the job posting says like, you want to pair all day and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And being in Australia, sucks because you can't (laughs) basically be like because what i was looking for is like i wanted like someone to like lean on when i was like working on challenging stuff because when it's just me and steve like i have no technical person to just like for sure yeah we got to figure out the api for this config file and like steve's like make it make it blue indigo indigo is (laughs) better you know um yep yep so (laughs) but i needed someone technical to help me on stuff and yeah simon couldn't really fill that role in terms of just because of the 
he'd have to work this incredibly ridiculous graveyard shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just loved the dude and knew he was super talented. So we just kind of sat down, me and Steve, and tried to figure out like, do we have enough stuff to do that could be done in like a very async way um, that we can maybe like craft a role for Simon? And we were able to do that. So he came on and he's since been, he started like July 20th. So he's only been with us for couple three weeks weeks, maybe not even and um he's been doing all the like tailwind ui component development so steve does all the design throws it into a figma file ships that to australia and then simon wakes up in the middle of the night and starts cranking out html for that stuff and um, he's also going to be helping out with a lot of like general community level stuff so helping us stay on top of github issues kind of keeping his finger on the pulse of like common questions people are asking to help us figure out what we should be doing differently or improving um hanging out in our discord servers you know like Mm -hmm. writing more content so i have this plan to like i created this repo a long time ago there's like tailwind css setup examples where it was like okay every popular tool framework cms i can think of let's just make like a vanilla install of it and in install tailwind into it in the most like idiomatic way possible so people can just like reference that so like here's how you do it with angular here's how you do it with Vue. here's how you do it with react here's how you do it with wordpress here's how you do it with rails whatever mm-hmm. and i never had the time to actually make that any good so yeah i really want to like build that out and that's like a perfect project to just give someone like simon that doesn't really need a lot of real time back and forth that he can just like crank out yeah, um, and it doesn't make sense for you, like founder partner, to be doing that type of work. No, probably yeah. not. So, yeah, so he's been Perfect. with us for a few weeks, and he's been hacking on that stuff, which has been good. But we still needed to hire someone for like the role that was in the job posting. <laughs> sure. So uh, we did that whole rigmarole, interviewing people, and we did like a little take home project where our, Steve did this design, and we asked people to kind of like rebuild it out with Tailwind and, and View or React. We, ha- mm-hmm. we gave that to like maybe 10 or 12 people that we kind of filtered down through like the interviews. And then from there, we filtered that down to like six people who I did like a pair programming call with where I just got them to suggest something that they wanted to learn that neither of us knew how to do. And we just paired on it just to see what is it like to work together on something where we're both like stumbling around in the dark, you know, and yep. trying to make it as realistic as possible. Um, obviously, it's a little bit colored because like someone's, being interviewed for a job like they're being evaluated for a job so there's a little bit of background stress i'm sure um but i thought it went pretty well so yeah at the end of the day we hired this this um this guy robin out of belgium who started literally today uh so he's like employee number three so all of a sudden we have three people working for us <laughs> team and of five not bad yeah yeah so He's going to be doing a lot of like uh, JavaScript stuff. So we're building out like these React and Vue uh, headless UI libraries. So you can like mm-hmm. easily build custom selects and toggles and drop downs and stuff in like a very Tailwind friendly way. Like bu- basically building the libraries that are like as Tailwind optimized as possible. So whereas mm-hmm. like you pull in pick a day or something, date picker, and it's like, oh, can't use Tailwind for this. Got to go write a bunch of CSS. Like we're trying to build is there is there any way you could finish that by like a year ago so i could use that right? first <laughs> v3 because we built uh like 38 custom view tailwind components for all of our field types yeah dude it's a huge project right 
Um, yeah. But the thing is, like, you had to do that because, like, what else were you going to do? You were going to use something off the shelf that did too much and was, like, too opinionated in terms of, yep. like, design. It's like, oh, this date picker has, like, the the previous arrow in the top left and the next arrow in the top right, but I want them next to each other. Guess I got to throw out the whole library now because like, <laughs> yeah, I, pretty much. I, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so that's, we're, that's we're definitely, I know like, Oh God. Yeah. So we don't want to deal with, so we're trying to design something where you have like as much control as we can possibly give you without making you like configure stuff. Um, yes. but also, abstract away everything that you don't want to think about so just like surgically like cutting through like the things a component would include and making sure we put as much of the right stuff on each side of that line you know yeah it's tricky it's time consuming yeah. but i can't wait i'm i'm i will totally check it out and use it on another different project someday Sonic four <laughs> instead of uh, no it won't exist <laughs> will never happen yeah so <laughs> anyways we're starting on that we actually started on it today, um, which is cool. And we're hoping to nice. get something out in like December, which kind of leads me to like the next topic, which was like last week, something that's been like, I don't know if stressing me out is the right word, but just felt like unresolved was um, just not like I had all these things that I wanted to do, all these projects, and I didn't know when I was going to do them. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. which one happens first? Which ones depend on which other ones? And it just felt like it was like swirling around in my head instead of being like, on a piece of paper somewhere like structured so i spent a bunch of time like three days like writing up this document for the company that's like here's what i want to like achieve in the next like eight months basically and in order like rough yeah you know it's like figuring out what we need to do to to get where and it's pretty revealing because it kind of like made me realize that there's some projects that we sort of have to do that i didn't that weren't really on my radar so like yeah one of them is tailwind 2.0 which i thought would be a fun thing for us to talk about a little bit uh you know what i never asked you is like are you recording this conversation oh god yes i am of course i am (laughs) i clicked record before we started come on it's not my first rodeo oh my god Uh, i've had i've had like five of my own podcasts that have made to to like two episodes so So anyways basically um (laughs) we have this tailwind ui product and right now Tailwind UI depends on this like Tailwind plugin, which like introduces a new color palette and extended spacing scale and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. that was like a necessary evil. The whole plan was like Tailwind UI should use Tailwind defaults. But as we started building stuff, we realized Tailwind defaults are insufficient for building great stuff, you know, as one does. So so we built this plugin (laughs) that like adds a bunch of new colors that are a little bit more usable, like Steve designed a bunch of screens and tried to like make sure that he could like port them to the different colors and like okay like because i think with the original color palette we tried to like make everything like very evenly distributed but in practice yeah they're like 11 like, percent away from each other yeah, roughly yeah. yeah 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 dumb developer brained thing to do everyone wants to like science the, the shit of everything not the way to do it the way to do it is here's a ui here's all the different things that we need to color. Let's color them all. And then like figure out what the colors are. And that yep. might mean like purple 500 and 600 are way closer together than purple 600 and 700. But yep. every shade sort of serves a purpose in like a real world example. And it ends up being yes. more useful. And it's a real pain when you're doing this in production for the first time and you get all the way down to purple 900 and you're like, damn, I need one. Like I've got purple 850 now. Like I have to have it. It yeah. happens, you know, like, to, but dark. having you guys go through that up front, I mean, people are going to, they're going to love that. It's great. Yeah. 
So we have like a, a a rough version of those colors in the Toe and Joy plugin, but Steve next at the end of this month he's like going to spend a few weeks and really just like go deep into the color world and and part of that is going to be being a building out a bunch of like additional color palettes so right now like tailwind comes with like 10 kind of like base colors right with shades for each one yeah but there's like one blue so if you don't like that blue like you're kind of screwed um but we want to have like a light blue too like more of like a twitter blue if you prefer sure, that sure. but we won't like include it in tailwind out of the box instead like in your config file you just do like const colors equals require tailwind css slash colors and then in like your config you'll just kind of like pull out the shades that you want and build like your palette um so that's going to be like a big project that steve's working on but anyways um yeah so with the tailwind ui stuff uh, we wanted it to be like tailwind defaults but it's not so it's in early access right now. And what I realized is like one of the things we really want to do, like our next major milestone is like get Tailwind UI out of early access. Cause it can't just be in early access forever. It gets to a point where that like starts to look kind of silly, you know? Oh, like um, the V3 beta of static. Yeah. Keep going. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We've been <laughs> in early access for like five months, which I think okay. is not too crazy, but like for me, like end of the year is like, it's got to be out of early access by then but what i realized is like i can't take it out of early access until it really is using like the tailwind defaults so Mm. a pre and since the tailwind defaults changing those is a breaking change that means that like tailwind 2.0 is like a prerequisite for taking tailwind ui out of early access and as long as you're gonna make one breaking change you might as well make them all (laughs) yeah and i don't want to make a lot (laughs) i want to make very 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 few but um I do have to make sure that I make all the ones that need to happen because otherwise they get pushed off till Tailwind 3, right? Right. So that so now like Tailwind 2.0 is this like project that's immediately on our radar. So anyone who's been like looking at Twitter has seen like all I've been talking about for the last several days is like, how can I finally make this stupid ad apply feature work the way that it's supposed to? <laughs> because like... <laughs> that's the number one requested feature for like three years and uh it'll probably require a breaking change or two in like very subtle pieces of behavior um to get it working yeah some sort of like conflict resolution sort of way yeah like yeah yeah so like um yeah so i think like i could like talk forever about like a bunch of the other projects that we want to do but i think it's probably more interesting for people if we just like get into one thing like a little bit more deep so yeah we're I gonna do more than one episode right we can we could do we like two yeah out. for sure so just two um, <laughs> i cleared my I'm schedule just adam joking. i'm just joking so it's okay i want to get your input on some of this stuff actually because it's like some hard decision making stuff and you use tailwind i've used while, it so. since the beginning since yeah the very beginning. and i think you even use at apply so I use it heavily, 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 heavily. So here's one of the problems that I'm facing right now. So current version of Tailwind behavior. Add apply takes a list of utilities. Maybe like 10% of all the utilities in Tailwind even work. And the rest of them throw an error. And um, (laughs) what it does is it basically crawls like your CSS to find the CSS rules that match those utilities. And it just like injects them in that exact same order that they're listed in add apply into that rule. So if you right. say apply BG black, apply BG white, it's going to mm-hmm. say background black, background white, and white's going to win. But maybe in the CSS file, those were actually flipped. And if you had put those two classes on an element in your HTML, it would have been black instead of white. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting right, at right here? Yep. Because mm-hmm. it's based on the CSS source order. 
Yep. So I've one thing I'm trying to that. decide is when someone takes that list of classes out of the HTML and they paste it after the add apply keyword, should it behave exactly the same as it did when it was in the HTML? I think the that intuitive thing to say question. is like, probably it should because like that's the whole I point would, as I'm trying to extract something. So extracting it sh- ideally shouldn't change it. Right. But you're, I mean, it's like you're extracting, what if you extracted some JavaScript that was actually also valid PHP, right? A certain string, a certain, <laughs> there may be a, a case where like these particular characters in a row sure. actually are also PHP. Would you expect it to do the same there? Well, I think that's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> it isn't, it isn't. I, in my head, I would expect it to work as most like CSS as possible. So like in, in my head, when I write apply, you know, uh, BG red text white, you know, I, I just expect that to translate exactly into the classes that. Yeah. You know, so you expect I, the compiled CSS to be in that same order, the same exact properties and, and values. And I'm like, in my head, it's just a variable. So I don't have to go use the theme thing and have my yeah. lines get like crazy, crazy long. So that's like my internal debate right now is like, should I apply them in the CSS source order? like the order that the utilities appear in the CSS or should I apply them in the order that they're listed in that string after add apply and in a perfect ideally like not even ideally like 99.99999% of the time this difference is inconsequential because it's very rare that you're going to be writing um, things that target the same CSS property uh, right, and unless, it's, it's pretty unless rare it's when like you... changing it on hover or on focus or changing it at a breakpoint, right? Right, now, with that the is a risk. So, say like for some reason you did that, you put your breakpoints in a weird order and not apply. Now, okay. like the small one might override the large one if you put the large one first. Whereas in your HTML, the large one's always going to apply because sure. of the CSS source order. So That's people are going to run into bugs where like the the order of their CSS classes. Mm-hmm. Now it matters in the in at apply, but it doesn't matter in the HTML. Um, that's yeah, that's actually a bigger in my mind than the other. The other. Well, way. that's the same problem. Like that's this. That's what that's I'm trying. The same to, problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay, so you 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 saw the whole problem, and I saw a small bit. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, can you can you like? parse them and order them correctly so it's always like largest to smallest although someone might change their breakpoints and like they like going yes. desktop first and shrink it back down so that may so not work i have a pr- the prototype that i have now actually does apply them in the order they're listed in the css so okay. basically it does this thing where it crawls all the css makes a list of all the utilities and also keeps like an index of like where it was in the css file so i have this map that's like BG black is one, BG white is two, whatever. Yep. And then I take that list after add apply, I break it on spaces. So I've just got an array and then I look up the index for each one. So it'll convert mm-hmm. like a list of classes into a list of numbers. And then I sort that list of numbers in ascending okay. order and then I convert it back to classes. So got now, it. so now it's all sorted and good to go. Um, and now it kind of works more like it does in the HTML. But the question is like, should I do that or should I not? Hmm. Should I treat it? Should I treat like the order mattering in the CSS or sorry, the order mattering after apply? Should I treat that as like an escape hatch, like a deliberate thing that people can like opt into or should it be 
Or is do, it a do you have a, what you what's know? a use case? I, I like for me to get my brain, especially when I'm not looking at it. Mm-hmm. I need like a use case. What like can you think of one? Do you know one off the top of your head? Or if you put your simple. classes in the order that I tend to write them in myself, it doesn't matter because I'm already generally writing classes in the same order they appear in the CSS. So like if I'm doing like BG black, SM BG red, MD BG green, LG BG pink, going to yep. totally work fine, right? Okay. And I always write things that way. Like I always put the breakpoints in order um at the end. But if I wrote BG black, MD BG green, SM BG pink, LG BG red, that yep. would work one way in the HTML and the lo- they would still be applied in order because it's the media queries are in order in the CSS, but now when right. I pull that into add apply, it's going to generate the media queries out of order. So it's going to go like the base case, then the medium screen, then the small screen, then the large screen. Right, which is a problem. So what is... Now, what's the problem there? Is the problem that the person should have written the classes in the right order? Or is the problem that we didn't apply the classes in the same order they're in in the CSS? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm flipping back the other way. I think the HTML order is most important in that case. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now here's another question. Now, this is where things get really confusing well so turn on the text editor in your brain and um try to paint this picture so i'll try to do a really simple one say we have like a button class and the first line is add apply um p4 right so padding Mm -hmm. four to all sides of the button then immediately after add apply there's like a custom css declaration that just says padding top five pixels okay what should the output be uh depends if you have important true on or not so no important (laughs) i'm mostly just wondering should it be padding 16 pixels then padding top five pixels or should it be padding top five pixels then padding on all sides 16 pixels I think I would assume it would be in the order that I just wrote it. So I would assume I would see padding 16 and then padding top five. That's what I would assume it would do. And And if I was wrong, I'd be like, oh, it's the other way. But there's a good argument to be made for that. But it breaks down when you have... Oh, man, it's so complicated to explain all this. So (laughs) Intel and CSS source order, hover and focus variants and stuff... They're kind of grouped with the original class. Um, They're not all grouped together. So it's not like all the hover classes are together, all the focus classes are together. It's not like that. The media queries do that, but like the hover and focus stuff don't. And the reason for that is so that if you need to, you can manually set the order of that per utility. So maybe like for background color, you want it to go hover then focus because you want to make sure that like a a focus background color wins over a hover background color but maybe for border colors you want it to go focus then hover because you want the hover color to win over the focus color sure for some reason i'm still not sure if this is important like if people need to actually do this i've never needed to do this and i've built a lot of tailwind stuff but keep going okay well before we even get into that i am curious so based on your experience when you are adding like variants in your config file manually which i'm sure you've done for like group hover or focus within or any of that stuff yes um are you 
usually conscious of the order that you're putting things in or does it never even occur to you when i'm in, when i'm enabling the variants in the config yeah no never i just like slap it in there and you just stick it on i the never realized or... and i had no idea that it actually affect like the order actually affected anything besides just enabling a feature so it enables it but it enables it in the order that you're specifying so you, that you have control over the specificity since like the hover version and the focus version have the same specificity so whichever one's later wins right it. right but that's useful input to know that like you as a heavy tailwind configurator yes just don't have never been bitten by putting things in the wrong order at least let's put it and that if way. i was bitten i assumed i was doing something wrong i probably threw a little css in line with important and just mm. kept going because like who cares but i agree like these okay. problems do they can scale and they can affect lots of people not just one person sure so but that's still good it. to know because like one of the potential solutions to this problem is just like enforcing an order for those variants ourselves and not even letting people change it gotcha. and then like we can do some other stuff anyways so back yeah. to this i hope everybody's enjoying this because this is, this is this the is most heady. technical conversation of all time <laughs> um, this is so great you have, though you have add apply say you have add apply p4 then no say you have add apply bg black hover bg white then p4 and then under it you have padding top five pixels okay so you've got three utilities in add apply Yep. One regular background color, then a hover background color, then the padding, then the per side padding underneath it. Mm-hmm. If we're following the rule of like, okay, well, first of all, when we compile this, the hover one has to be extracted out into a brand new rule, right? Because it has to be like dot button colon hover. Yes. So it has right. to be like in a new chunk in the CSS. Those classes are are in the same order as the CSS source order. Which means if we're trying to follow that rule of like add apply should behave like putting it in the HTML, then that P4 declaration at the very end, it has to go in a new rule after the hover uh, to match okay. the same order. So now yep. all of a sudden, even though apply P4 was at essentially at the top of the CSS rule with padding top five pixels underneath it, that padding top five pixels actually comes before it now because it was forced to the end to go after the hover thing. Right that man okay uh props to you this is stuff i just i just love tailwind magic because it just works and uh i've never had to really think about this so this is what i'm working on anyways is trying to make that just work in the way that yeah is the right way you know because because those uh like the hover variants and the group hover and focus all those things don't work right now i never thought about how they should work were they going to so that's that's interesting i would have i would have assumed that they would just be extracted and plopped in afterwards just yeah. like whoop these don't belong here <laughs> pop them yeah. over like afterwards but you know it's hard that may not be the the most uh robust way to do it so that's what i'm working on is trying to make that work and if anybody listening has strong opinions on the correct behavior i would be interested to hear because you could make the argument that if you want the apply thing to work like like adding utilities to that element would work Mm -hmm. then they always should come after the declarations that are in there because if you imagine like dot btn has like padding this blah 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 and then i put that on an element and then i stuck some utilities after it well the utilities are being applied on top of those rules so when i add apply them should it also be 
on top of those rules or should it fall or should it respect the order um yeah i for me you're not going to get a whole lot more value in this conversation yeah. but i would say if you have something to play with i will i yeah. will like i i I form opinions um, by just experimenting and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, this is like, bad. I've, this I've, is bad. I've made an intellectual decision, then, you know, have my guys build something and then go use it. I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. We have yeah. to undo all of it. Well, that's we the only way to know most of the time, yeah. honestly, is to just like use it and it becomes clear. So that's why I'm prototyping it anyways and, and seeing what happens. Yeah. My, my instinct tells me that no matter what, there's going to be do- have to be documentation explaining to the people who expected it to be the other way, whatever that way is like why sure. it's not that way, which yep. is uh, a bummer, but what can you do? Then so you that's can just a big say thing if you, on my mind, you can just write the, uh, the rules yourselves. You know, you don't have to use the variants in line. You can just, you know, ampersand colon hover, open up some new braces and slap them in right there. Yeah. It needs to be a different specific way. That's not the way it works by default. Yeah. Yep. So I, at least with with your with Tailwind, the the fallback is always well, just write just the CSS. Write, write some CSS. Just shut up and write your own CSS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Every now and then you're gonna need to write a little bit. Yeah. Because the chances sure. are they're doing something like pretty weaselly or like complicated, right? Like, oh, this is yeah. like I'm kind of depending on a class that's injected by a scroll spy thing, and you know, like whatever. Yeah. Right? It's always gonna be. There's always going to be nastiness to deal with, for sure. Yeah, and then it just lives in that one little place, and yeah, that's just how it goes. Cool, telling man. So, I guess um, the only other thing I was going to say is maybe like give you a little bit of a preview of other Tailwind 2.0 stuff because I'm curious to get your thoughts. It's not a ton. So there's the new color palettes, which I think is like the really exciting thing. Um, Yeah, I have a question about those. Yes, hit me. Uh, are those? Are you going to be copying and pasting them in from like the docs, or are they pulled in via like extra components somehow? Like, is there is yeah, there a f- world in which I can have uh, radical palettes dot biz where I have my ridiculous eighties totally. nineties neon palettes that yeah, would be pulled in? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is kind of the idea. Is so in your tail and config bar, right? You have that like colors key, which is just like mm-hmm. an object of stuff. So if you wanted to make like a portable color palette, you could already just publish a package to NPM that's like radical colors and you could just require it and say colors equals radical colors or colors colon radical colors and you've like pulled it in, right? So we basically want to, we're not going to be like doing anything with Tailwind from a feature perspective to like enable more of that other than just like encouraging some of that so sure in the docs we're gonna like tailwind css the package on npm is gonna include like an export called like colors or something Mm -hmm. that has like every color that we've designed like and and each named color is gonna be like a set of 10 shades right so like light blue is gonna be like more of a cyan-y blue but it's like the 10 shades and then there might be like um a couple different shades of pink you know like one's more like a rose pink and one's like a neon pink and there's like the 10 shades and whatever and we'll build out like a bunch of those things and you'll be able to just like say colors colon object and then pink is 
colors.hotpink. Blue is going to be colors.light blue. Gray okay, is yep, going to be gotcha. colors.warm gray instead of like cool gray. You know, you can kind of like combine that stuff. And they were hoping to build like a site too that has like a bunch of these palettes like pre-configured. So it's like, this is like Steve's recommendation for like a blue, a red, a green, a gray, and a purple together. And we'll give that palette a name. And now you can just use that instead of like picking the individual components of the colors yourself and that'll be like an a layer of abstraction on top of that like when we did the refactoring ui book we included like this pdf with it that included like 25 or 30 like full color palettes with like a little uh mock-up of like an application ui showing where like all the colors would be used and then all the colors that were used in it and each one we we wanted to come up with cool names for them but they ended up being palette one palette two palette three palette four palette (laughs) you ran out of time yeah yeah so we want to do that in like an official way and um uh basically try to make tailwind sites look even less alike than they do now you know like um Mm -hmm. give people like pre-chosen colors but like encourage mixing them up because most people just don't change the tailwind color palette at all except you right Uh, (laughs) right it's just me yeah i the first thing i do is i delete the entire thing yeah, yeah, exactly. And just like start throwing in all your Photoshop swatches of yep. fun stuff or sketch, I guess now. But pink, hot pink, bright pink. Yeah. I don't even use numbers. I like I use emotions like yeah. crazy, you know. I love it. Sad, sad deal. <laughs> so we're doing that. I th- I think the color palettes is going to be almost like the big Tailwind 2.0 feature. Well, we're going to add dark mode as like an official thing, like dark mode variants so that you can okay. say like BG white dark bg black you know and like based on the media query or based on maybe like a selector that you add to your html element or something haven't figured out the details there but make it possible for people to do that um because like the idea with tailwind 2.0 is to not have a bunch of breaking changes it's just like fix the default theme so that it supports tailwind ui better and also add a couple minor things like making this add apply stuff work better um, but I, I want it to be like the one CSS framework where people actually do upgrade from version one to version two, whereas like bootstrap, there's no like upgrade path yeah. from version three to version four, right? It's like yeah, just good delete luck. your project. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I want it to be more like a JavaScript dependency where like the expectation is you can actually upgrade it. It's not like a rewrite or anything like that. But because of that, we have to like, if there's like not a lot of new stuff, like there's a new color palette and dark mode, that's kind of like the exciting stuff, but it's not like a reimagining of the framework. Um, so in a lot of ways, like it doesn't require a lot of ceremony in terms of like announcing it because it's like sure. an incremental improvement yeah. with a couple breaking changes, but that feels like a waste because it's like, it's got a two at the end. Like this should be like an right. event. It should be huge. Yeah. So we're going to do our best to like make it exciting while also being like wow and everyone can upgrade to this really easily and I'm d- i've been doing a bunch of work on like feature flagging in tailwind and maybe we can talk about this in the next episode but my my goal is that by upgrading to like the next minor release of tailwind like the cli tool just starts telling you like hey like we are introducing a breaking change and you can opt into it with this feature flag now and we're just going to keep nagging you about it until you opt into it now so that when 2.0 comes out like you're already good I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, we have 
contracted a designer who Steve and I are both a big, big fans of that I can't share who it is yet to uh, redesign the Tailwind website for us. So not like drastically, like all the content and stuff is going to be the same, but like since we're using mm-hmm. a new color palette and stuff like that, we want to just like put a fresh coat of paint on there. There's a couple things I really hate about the current site. Like if you go to like <laughs> a lot of the documentation pages, they have those like examples, right? Where it's like a code snippet with like a picture of some boxes showing how like a flex box feature works or something. And yeah. they all look really ugly. They're just like Adam put some squares in there and put justify between on them and put numbers in them. <laughs> and, um, that feels like a uh, missed opportunity to like make those like to create like some visual unified design language for like abstract shapes in the documentation. It's like, here's like three squares that have rounded corners and a little bit of a shadow on like a gradient background instead of just like gray square, gray square, gray. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I get you. That's cool. So we're going to do like this big refresh of that. And uh, hopefully that'll kind of like, support the idea of this 2.0 thing feeling like an exciting big Give thing a little, so a little sizzle to go along with it yeah we have an internal i guess external now that i'm going to say it kind of goal of getting that out on november 16th that's like the end of our six week cycle that's like closest to that time so writing that down so i can ask you every episode if you're on track november oh we will be on track 16 i will yeah. be cracking the whip and working you have a bigger my guys team to than the me, so you could do it <laughs> <laughs> um, nice yeah yeah so that's kind of what i've got going on i got a lot of other cool stuff but i think uh i think we can save some of we that can for s- space it time. out space it out yeah yeah so that sounds awesome, man. I'm, I mean, you know, I've I'm a huge Tailwind fan. I was doing Tailwindy like stuff before it came out, and immediately adopted your naming mechanism for my internal one until it was ready, and then jumped on Tailwind. I mean, I've probably done forty or fifty sites with it uh, of sweet. some kind or another. So cool, man. Um, I'm glad yeah, it's I mean, uh, remotely useful. One last thing for <laughs> you to think about, I guess. What's that? One last thing for you to just think about and have to name and maintain. Oh God, I know. Deal it's with. just saved my sanity in so many ways. And I just, uh, yeah, I love it. I can't go back. I had to write a little bit of CSS uh, last week. I was doing emails. I had to like redesign the, all the emails that our .com site sends. And I'm like, oh God, what is even, was it text color? Is it font color? Is it <laughs> like, like you don't remember the CSS properties anymore? <laughs> so like, I, yeah. I actually forget like, them sometimes too. Oh now. no. Yeah. Uh, no, wait, it's just color. It's just color. There's no prefix. Yeah, okay. Just color. That's right. Oh man. Actually, here's a question for you about a potential breaking change in Tailwind 2.0. It's like in your config yeah. file, text color is like text color, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only one that d- deviates from the actual CSS property. Right. Um, should I just make it color? Or is it really weird that there's something called colors and something called color? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. I'd leave it. Okay. Because you, what you've done is you've made CSS better. You've you've actually improved yeah. the naming mechanism of everything rather than uh, like making it worse, like Bootstrap did, and like some sure. other frameworks make it worse. And I think by enforcing like it's text this, text that. Uh, you know, background this, background that. It, it is yeah. clearer 
when you're reading well, it. Well, the class name wouldn't change, just the config I, file key. Still, but still, yeah, yeah, it could be, I, because I mean, most I, people don't touch it. I anyways, fuzzy search around in it, right? You're just touching the colors key, and you're just relying on that, like cascading into all the other things that depend on it, right? Right, and when uh, I need to jump to, you know, like the actual object declarations, like I know which one I'm going to get when I start typing color or yeah. text color. And so I use that because the file's huge, right? Like, especially yeah. mine. I, I, I go in there like and I add init dash dash full? 30 or 40 more spaces. I add, yeah. you know, because I just, I, I fill everything out to like a max and then I just rely on How big on is your CSS file fix it. development? Have you ever? Oh, it's like eight megs. Yeah. So I tried the other day to generate like the biggest Tailwind CSS file I could. <laughs> I saw um, that. By like enabling every variant for everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I did any other changes, but it was like a hundred and something megabytes. And uh, <laughs> it took like six seconds, but Chrome could actually like render a site that used those styles. Safari just crashed. Uh, oh, but Chrome man. could actually do it, which I was... I was very impressed by. Um, yeah, that's that's a, you shouldn't have to do that, but it's nice to know that it does. Yeah, I thought I I don't know it wowed me a little bit. Like even Safari did just fine with anything up to about sixty megs, and you can put a lot of CSS in sixty megs. So uh, yeah, more than you should have. Like yeah. a lot more than you should have. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> it made me feel a little bit better about like adding new features to tailwind because now that we've it's basically like a requirement to use purge css at this point you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um yep which i i'm okay with because i will always use it on my own sites and if someone has a problem and they don't want to use it on their site well there's other ways that could keep their css size small but again you got to build like the tool that you want right so yeah and and they can go use something else if they don't like it fork it fork an older version before you add it all what they use there's nothing else to use no, there isn't. That's all in choice. Like, there's nothing. Is it? <laughs> or vanilla CSS. Yeah, I've got a monopoly on usable CSS frameworks, I think. <laughs> um, I kind of think you do, but, I mean, someone might disagree. Yeah, but. sure. In my opinion, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I remember uh, at one point we talked about, uh, what, what did we call the segments? We had like a name for them. So we, yeah, the sloppy segments where yeah. <laughs> we, we have sloppy we thought, segments. Hey, if we're yeah. gonna we're gonna refresh this podcast. We're gonna just kind of have an ongoing thing. We should probably have some recurring segments that we could do, right? And without knowing if we'd like them or not, we figure we just try them yeah. on for size. And if they fall flat, we can laugh at them. And if they're fun, we'll bring them back. What's your segment today? I feel like these are the sorts of things, by the way, that we should like decide the segment in advance. So that, like we should, so that we answer. could actually come prepared. But, yeah. But this today I, we we're not prepared, so. I mean, I I figure we'll just go with the simple one, like made me laugh, right? So like in the last Dude. week or since the last episode. Okay. Actually, you know what? what made me laugh? Um, yeah. What do you got? What do you got? What made you laugh? I have been rewatching like Curb Your Enthusiasm from like the okay. beginning, and uh, yep. I remember the very first time I watched that show, I, I I wouldn't say I didn't like it, but it just like I was like, yeah, it's like a kind of an all right show i guess at this point it's like I'm low like budget i'm pretty convinced it's like maybe the best television show ever made okay and uh i was re-watching season 10 which is like the one that like just came out a few months ago so i like saw it fresh like four months ago and i'm re-watching it again and it's still like i'm in like tears by myself my wife's asleep i'm like watching it in bed like one of the few things i can watch that makes me like laugh out loud by myself um nice so if, if anyone is not 
a curb your enthusiasm viewer you should just you should just watch it for as long as it takes for you to for it to click and then oh okay my God, so so good i mean since the two of us are the only ones actually talking here ask me if i love it do you love it no um uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I can't get through the first episode, so I've clearly yeah, not think, given it. I think a chance. If, if I was gonna like tell someone where to start, start at like season six or seven, and just you like, can just jump in that far ahead. Yeah, every episode almost is like there's it's Seinfeld ish in the sense that like there's a little bit of like carry through from episode to episode, but most. Yeah the main theme of an episode is like self-contained you know okay like Seinfeld right, is a show six. that like i didn't even know there was a consistent storyline until i watched it on dvd in order you know because yeah, i'm so like, used to just watching like, who oh, lives where Seinfeld is on that channel it's channel 472 put it on you know right and it's right. like whatever episode so is it pre-chicken roaster or is it post-chicken roaster like, yeah like, no idea <laughs> where yeah. does george work who knows right uh, all right really so matter. what made you laugh uh okay so have you watched actually you know what else made me laugh say it. the 90s wwe twitter account people should again? check that out that one i'm just bringing up because like i just thought of it and it's like jack would find that funny too do you follow what is that it? account i didn't hear what you said 90s wwe on twitter no you uh, don't follow this there. account no 90s oh my god the other day i was WWE. considering unfollowing everyone on twitter and only following that account <laughs> just to like send this message just to you make know, a message that, like, this is important stuff Oh, God, um, this is so good. Okay, look at this one. Look at this one. Oh I'm going to send God. this to you on Telegram. This yep. one I saw this morning, and I like, laughed out loud. <laughs> Matthew's first birthday on VHS uh, has the classic, you know, uh, green, yellow, orange stripes there on the side. And then crossed out, it says WrestleMania <laughs> XIV. WrestleMania 14. <laughs> WrestleMania 14. <laughs> Dude, and the text it's is too real. Like, f your birthday, Matthew. <laughs> you know how many tapes in my house were just like that, just like me taping over shit with wrestling that is, when I was a that kid. That is so. And in, in our house, though, like, not gonna lie, it'd probably be like Jack's fourth birthday, scratched out, uh, little house on the prairie. Yeah. Like, here's a, oh, here's another one. Sisters. This one, people. I mean, we're like going full Joe Rogan here. We're just like watching clips on the air. Watch I'd this one with that. sound because, like, I want to hear you like. I want to experience right. your reaction oh, yeah. to this. No one else will be able to watch it. We can talk about it after. I'll cut out the part where we're just waiting. Yeah, I'm watching. <laughs> what is happening? Are you watching with sound? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the announcer. <laughs> so it's like a clip <laughs> of some dude, dude who's like it, drunk in a grocery like an entire store gang of homeless people come into the convenience store what is happening i don't know what's going on but like some security is trying to like kind of like <laughs> apprehend someone and you hear like wrestling <sighs> announcers narrating the whole thing because it's just like a clip from a some wrestling event from back in the day oh my god that is fantastic. and it just lines up perfectly and it's just oh my god it's That's, the dude who runs this twitter account is a genius dude every He's single jamming. tweet like look at this one look at uh, i don't know i don't know how much wrestling you know compared to me so like sometimes it's hard to know like the really for inside sure less ones, than you but like, i was big into it in the 90s yeah, so like not so, now not in the 80s not in the 2000s <laughs> but the 90s like the Hart era <laughs> sean michaels <laughs> it's like a picture of a dude 
and me it in says public. me in public and then my headphones and the picture of the dude in public is a guy just trying to look as tough and badass as he can with his airpods on and that's a p- screenshot of his iphone and he's listening to sean michael's sexy boy the entrance music <laughs> <laughs> the heartbreak kid yeah man sean michael's dude i oh, used to be play some hardcore wwf on uh nes my cousins had all that we had the rings and the action figures oh, i had dude. the uh the ultimate warrior you'd like pinch the notch on his back and he would compress with the spring and you let him go and he'd go flying, flying. off the top turnbuckle oh, yeah Woo. good times my tail 316 shirts are in the mail so i'm excited oh, to get those. fantastic i can tell fantastic. that story another time okay so what made jack mcdade laugh man you win this week dude i i i'm not gonna lie i laughed very few times in the last couple of weeks because i've been stressed out with uh, this launch um I, I'm going to go back to my my standby because I feel like I haven't evangelized it enough. The Eurovision Song Contest movie with Dude, Will Ferrell. Okay, so Have you, you watched it yet? That to me, and we watched it, and, uh, did what, and we laughed. We laughed. It is a laugher, man. Yeah, dude. The every time, every time we're out in public, like we're out, at, we were out at the tiki bar uh, Friday night, like the brewery that's also like a tiki bar. They had live music. Every break, we're shouting, "Play Sha Sha Ding Dong!" Like every <laughs> every time, and like nobody, nobody knows it. We don't care. We're like a couple drinks uh, in, and it's yeah. just you must play it. Great so movie. That makes that me. A, that makes me laugh. That is worth watching if you're a Netflix subscriber for sure. Highly, highly recommend it. And I and I my my pitch for it if you haven't watched it yet. If you like Cool Runnings, you will love it. It's the same exact plot. Really, you hear, I didn't make here's the, the Cool Runnings. Here's the pitch. So tell me like the, the Cool uh, Runnings connection here. Here's the Cool Runnings connection. All right. So you've got a small country uh, who is competing in an international scale is the underdog arrives is humiliated and ultimately finds redemption. Also, it's fantastic accents. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic accents. Fantastic accents. <laughs> it's uh, true. And and weather contrast as well. So Cool Runnings goes from cold to to warm, and then you go from uh, or from warm to cold rather, and then you go from Iceland to Europe. So it's basically Cool Runnings. I love it, but, but with music. So that made me laugh. I've watched it several times. Uh, also, after that night at the tiki bar, I came home and made some cocktails, and I cut the worst lemon wedge garnish i ever had it looked like it got run through the garbage disposal and then it had the the sticker still on the little slice of lemon and i died i laughed so hard it's not funny now i can't really tell the story that well because there may or may not have been some alcohol involved but i looked at what i I looked down at what i just cut and it just it was this mangled chunk of lemon <laughs> with a sticker on it <laughs> like it's floating in the drink <laughs> it was like bad enough without the sticker I was like, it was just this a, needs to be ungarnished this is bad enough <laughs> cherry on top oh, uh, man, i love it so that made me think or that made me laugh cool man well this was fun and i look forward to doing another one with you soon yeah if you if people if you like this if you have ideas for segments uh tweet at adam Tweet at Adam because he's the gatekeeper. Say we love this. Bring <laughs> Jack back. You. Let him talk more. Keeper, though. <laughs> I, I, I just I welcome the segments as they are placed upon me. You know, fantastic. So yeah, we will we will prep the segment segment like at least fifteen minutes before next episode. That if I can we'll just have. answer with nineties WWE Twitter account tweets to every segment, then I'd never need any prep. Um, I'll well, so. I'll try to make sure that all the segments that come up can be answered with yeah. 90s WWE. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'll come back with my own now. I'm following. It's happening. Oh, it's so good. 
I can't wait to see so like good. where's where's Triple H, where's where's Razor? Like, come on, oh, right here. Don't even have to <laughs> scroll there, very far. They're, they're always there. <laughs> they're You're in right my there. timeline every day. Dude, look at this picture of Bret Hart in double white de- denim. Dude, like, right? I saw that and I was like, that oh is like a Jack McDade in like Canada. This, I, I need to be this for Halloween. <laughs> God, look at that. Dude, that it just gets just better and gorgeous. better as you scroll too. Just oh, better man. and better. Who, who have you met in real life? All right, we got to sign off quick. Like, right. This is getting long, but who okay. have you met in real life? Anybody? Right. Any of them? uh wrestlers no i have not met any in real life i know you have a freaking good wrestler story though so maybe we can tell that at some point yeah we're not gonna tell it now it's too late uh i will save that it is a great story 